Welcome to Empowered for Life, a weekly audio podcast with Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, teaching the Bible with clarity and relevance, tackling today's topics and issues, bringing healing and restoration into the lives of hurting people. Hello, greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number seven, Accessing Kingdom Teachings That Relate to Daily Living. Hello, greetings and welcome. We've been looking at prophecies concerning Jesus Christ. We've looked at prophecies concerning his humanity. We've looked at prophecies concerning his deity. Now we'll look at prophecies concerning his lineage. Prophecy is the fourth telling, telling of an event before it occurs. And so we're looking at the information of Christ Jesus before he appeared on the scene, information that God sent through his prophets to reveal the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the anointed one. The Bible tells us that God inspired, he spoke through the prophets of old. He inspired them to write. And so we want to begin with Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Genesis is the book of beginnings. In Genesis chapter 12, verse number 3, it reads, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. This is the Lord God speaking to Abram, and he's telling Abram of his descendants, telling Abram of the fact that he will be uh, a blessing or a father of many nations. And God says to him that he will bless those who bless him. But not only is he referring to blessing those those who bless Abraham, but also blessing those who bless the Jewish people, but he's also referring to blessing those who bless Christ and cursing those who curse Christ, because it is through Jesus Christ that all the people of the earth will be blessed. And so we receive our blessing of eternal life coming through Jesus Christ, because Jesus' birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection made it possible for us to be reconciled back to God the Father. Let's also look at Galatians chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 16. The promise was spoken to Abram and to his seed. So notice what it says here. It says that this promise was given to, or spoke promise spoken to Abram, but it's also spoken to his seed. And the scripture does not say to seeds, meaning meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So we see that this promise was given to Abram, but it wasn't just for all of the seeds of Abram, every one that would come through his lineage, but it was referring to the seed, the seed being one. And we understand that this seed is Christ Jesus. All right, let's go back to Genesis chapter 21, and we'll look at verse 12. Genesis 21, 12. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. 
Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Here God is talking to Abram because Abram, God promised Abram a son. And when God promised Abram a son and promised him that his descendants would be as numerous as the sands of the sea, Abram and Sarah had no children because Sarah was barren. And so Sarah made the decision to give to Abram her handmaiden or her servant, Hagar. When she gave Hagar to Abram, Hagar produced a son for Abram's. Hagar conceived and gave birth to a son. They named that child Ishmael. Abram was excited about the fact that Hagar had Ishmael because now he had a descendant. Prior to having Ishmael, he would have to leave all of his inheritance to Iliagar of Damascus, a servant or a slave in his household. But God told Abram that it was not through Ishmael that his seed or his lineage would be fulfilled, that God would was going to give him a son coming through Sarah and that that child would be the child that his offspring would be reckoned. And so what God was saying was that even though the wound of Sarah was barren, even though they had passed the age of childbearing, even though there was no earthly way possible for them to conceive and give birth to a child, God was saying that he was going to bless them and he was going to, through the miraculous, through a miracle, cause Sarah to conceive. And so Abram believed God. And in his believing God, he went back into the marriage bed and Sarah conceived. And in that conception, she gave birth to a child in which they named Isaac. Isaac meaning laughter. For she said, God has caused me in my old age to laugh, to be filled with joy. And everyone who sees this will laugh with me. So she named him Isaac. But here we see through this prophetic word that it was not through the first first child, Ishmael, but it was through Isaac that his seed was, would be reckoned. So God tells Abraham, don't be distressed about what Sarah tells him to do with Ishmael, because Sarah tells him to send that child and his mother away so that there would not be a warring, there would not be a constant rivalry, there would not be fighting uh, amongst the children in order to obtain the inheritance in which God promised Abraham would go to Isaac. If you look at Luke's gospel, chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 34. But if you look in that third chapter, you will see the genealogy of Joseph and uh, Mary and understanding that Jesus came through that genealogy. But we want to look at verse 34, and it reads that Jacob was the son of Isaac, Isaac the son of Abraham, Abram the son of Terah, and Terah the son of Nahor. So we see that Isaac is mentioned here as the son of Abram, in whom the genealogy or his, it's through his lineage 
that Jesus Christ was going to come and not through the lineage of Ishmael. Let's look also at Genesis chapter 28, verse 14. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now notice what God says to Abram. He says, all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. So here we see that everybody on the earth has an opportunity to be blessed through the offspring of Abraham. And the offspring of Abraham, the seed in which God was referring to was Jesus the Christ. Look also at Matthew's gospel, chapter 1, verse 2. Abram, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Now, Jacob is the one in whom God changed his name. He changed his name from Jacob, which means surplanter, trickster, to Israel which means prince of God. And we find that Judah, which means praise, it was a son of Israel. We understand that Israel had 12 sons, and the 12 sons are where we get the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah, meaning praise, is the tribe in which Christ would come through. He would be the lion of the tribe of Judah. Look at Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. So here we see the word scepter referring to the ruler's staff. He says that the scepter will not depart from Judah. It will that it is through the lineage or the line of Judah that the ruler would come and that he would come with the ruler's staff and that the obedience of the nation shall be his. In other words, it's through him that we would learn to live in the kingdom of God, that we would learn to obey the word of God, and that we would live according to the purpose of God. So when Jesus Christ came into the earth through the lion of the lineage of Judah, through the tribe of Judah, he came first as the lamb of God, the lamb to take away the sin of the world. For the Bible says, Says, where there is no shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so when we look under the old covenant, we see that there was a lamb brought to the priest to be sacrificed so that the children of Israel would be free from sin, that the lamb would be an atonement for their sin, and they would be free from sin for a year. And so Jesus came and he died as the lamb of God, not so that we would be free from sin for a year, but that we would be free from sin, past, present, and future forever, and that we would have eternal life. And so the moment we receive Christ, the moment we receive what he has done, for the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him
him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved is soteria, salvation. It means to be born again, to be healed, mind, body, and spirit. It means to be reconciled back to the Father. It means to establish a new relationship with God. It means to become a son of God. It means to have a new life through Jesus Christ in your relationship with God. And so Jesus' death on the cross made it possible for you to be forgiven of your sins, for generational curses to be broken off of your life, and for sickness and disease to be bound from your life so that you would be made whole, that you would be made healthy, and that you would be healed in your relationship with God. All of this comes through Jesus Christ because he was the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. Look at Hebrews chapter 7 verse 14. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah. So it's saying to us we could see clearly that Jesus Christ came through the line lineage of Judah. And in regards to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. In other words, Moses when God told him to implement the priesthood, the priestly tribe came through the tribe of Levi. And God said nothing to Moses about the fact that there would be a high priest that would come through the tribe of Judah. And so Moses spoke nothing about the priest that would come through Judah. And Jesus is the high priest. The Bible says that he is our high priest who have been touched with the feelings of our our infirmities. In other words, he has been tempted like we have been tempted. He feels like we feel. He's He was rejected as some of us have been rejected or uh, lied on as some of us have been lied on. He have been uh, abused, spit on, whipped as some of us have experienced the violence of people against us. He has experienced all of these things like as we have, yet he was without sin, yet he remained free from sin, yet he would not deny his relationship with the Father and choose sin over that relationship. And in doing so, he made it possible for us to be reconciled, regenerated, born again, and reestablished in our relationship with the Father so that we too can make a choice and a decision to live without sinning, to live beyond the realm of sin. And we too can be in the image of the Son of God. Now the Bible speaks of him also sitting on the throne of his father, David. Now understand when the Bible refers to fathers, because in the Hebrew there is no name or title grandfather, the term father is used to refer to anyone of that lineage. So when they refer to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they don't refer to them as a grandfather, great-grandfather, or great-great-grandfather. They say our fathers. And so we see here that there is a branch from Jacob. In, in chapter 11 of 
Isaiah, verse 1, it says, A shoot will come up from a stump of Jesse. From his root a branch will be fruitful. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Now, when we read this, and I want to particularly zoom in on this fear of the Lord first for a moment, because when we think of fear, we think of being afraid. We think of terror. But Jesus in the New Testament talks about the fear of God in a different light. And he uses that word fear of the Lord, or he calls it the worship of God and instead of the fear of the Lord. So the Lord will rest upon him the spirit of knowledge and of the worship of the Lord, and he will delight in worshiping God. So we are to delight in our worship of God. We, we are to delight in giving him glory, honor, and praise. But here we see that this branch comes up from Jesse. Jesse is the father of David, and David, the Bible speaks of as the king of Israel, that upon David's throne, God's son would sit. And so Jesus Christ would sit upon the throne of David. And so we see he comes through the lineage of David as well. Let's look at Matthew's gospel, chapter one, verse number five, and we're looking at this lineage again. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. So we see Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse is the father of King David. It is through David's lineage. It's the throne of David in which Christ is going to sit upon. And so we see that Jesse is the father of David and that God would send his son through this same lineage. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at verse 14, we see the words of Nathan the prophet to David. And Nathan says to him that I will be, speaking of God, I will be his father and he will be my son. When he he does wrong, God says, I will punish him with a rod by men and with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him. As I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. So God tells David, he says, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So God's telling David that when he does wrong, that God is going to chastise him. He's going to correct him for the Bible says God chastened those whom he loves. He says, but I'm not going to remove you as I remove Saul because of Saul's disobedience. He says, but I will correct you. I'll use people to bring my correction to you. He says, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to establish your throne and your throne will be forever before me. And the reason David's throne is be forever before God, because God says that his son is going to sit on the throne of David. So Jesus Christ, when returning to the earth, he will come as the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. He will come as the great Messiah, the anointed one of God, and he will sit upon the throne of David.
David, he will come as that ruling lion of the tribe of Judah and sit upon the throne of David, whose throne would be forever. Let's look at Luke's gospel chapter 1, beginning with verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Yeshua, or Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. So here we see God is going to give Jesus the throne of his father David. He identifies David as his father because, again, he's coming through the lineage of David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. Remember, we said Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel, Israel being a prince of God, but when we get the sons of Israel, we get the 12 tribes of Israel. So he says that Jesus is going to come, and he's going to sit on the throne of David, and he's going to rule over the descendants of Jacob or Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. So we see here that the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom in which God establishes through Christ and establishes here on the earth as he sits upon the throne of his father David will never end. Now let's take a few moments and look at the forerunner of Jesus the forerunner of Jesus. For there are prophecies concerning the forerunning or the forerunner of Jesus. Let's begin with Matthew's gospel, chapter three, verse number one. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So John comes before Jesus and he's preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent. The word repent is metanoia. It means to change your mind. It means to change your actions. It means to change your habits. It means to change your way of life. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So John preaches the gospel of the kingdom and preaches repentance, preparing the way for Jesus the Christ. Look at Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verse 76. And this is a prophecy concerning John as well. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way before him. So we see here, John is called a prophet of the Most High, and he's going to go to prepare the way before Jesus Christ. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 17. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. So here we see that John's going before Jesus, that he goes in the spirit or in the power of Elijah, and that his purpose is to turn the heart of the parents and the hearts of the children, the hearts of the disobedient, and to turn them back to the wisdom and the righteousness of God and to prepare them to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The prophecy says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So here we see that John would be the voice in the wilderness and that what he's doing is he's going before the Lord to prepare the way for him. He's making a highway through the desert so that the people would return their hearts back to the Lord God. Look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. So we see that Isaiah prophesied that John the Baptist would come and that John would prepare the way for the Lord Jesus to come and that John would be in the wilderness and that as he preaches the gospel of the kingdom in the wilderness, as he preaches that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, as he preaches repent, he would be preparing the way for Jesus to come. And Jesus would follow preaching the gospel of the kingdom and preaching repentance, metanoia, changing your mind, changing your life, changing your actions, changing your habits, changing your way of life. It is through doing these things that we become holy and righteous, but we cannot do them in and of ourselves. It takes the cleansing blood of Jesus to enable us that these would be possible for us, not only to change, to be transformed, to be metamorphosized, but to uh, go from one way of living to another way of living and to continue in that way of life. So we are then born again. We are a new creation. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are a new generation. We are a royal priesthood and a holy nation because of the blood in which Christ shed on Calvary's cross to reconcile us, to redeem us, to purchase us. He paid for our salvation through his blood for the wages, the pay allocated to sin is death. And his death paid for our sins so that we don't have to stand to be judged for our sins. We can be reconciled. We can be redeemed. We can be restored. We can be born again. We can be made alive in Christ Jesus. We can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and live a life of peace, love, joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for tuning in to Empowerful Life. If you are ready to shake off religion and tradition, to be, to do, and to have everything God purposed for you, then continue to tune in as we answer your questions and reveal to you the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Feel free to email us your questions and prayer requests at TV at aol.com. That's TV at aol.com. Or visit us online at www.empoweredforlife.tv. Again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing the Word of God with you.